Our Bible reading this morning is taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 15. Just open your Bible, probably about a third of the way through, you'll come to 1st and 2nd Samuel, 1st and 2nd Kings, 1st and 2nd Chronicles, and if you come to 2nd Chronicles chapter 15, we're going to read the Word of God together. hear the rustling of the paper and it's always important to not only hear the word of God but to see the word of God and we invite all who are online as well the words will come up on the screen but get your own Bible and follow in the reading and be quite prepared to mark some verses that may or some words that may stand out to you today we're reading of course from the authorized version believing it to be a most faithful and reliable translation of the Holy Scriptures. Second Chronicles 15 verse 1, let's hear the word of the Lord. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa, and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you, while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Now for a long season Israel had been without the true God, and without a teaching priest, and without the law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. And in those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. A nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city. For God did vex them all with adversity. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your works shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words in the prophecy of Oded the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. And he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon. For they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with them. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month, in the fifteenth year of the reign of Asa. And they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had brought, seven hundred oxen and seven thousand sheep. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting, and with trumpets, and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and sought him with their whole desire. 
and he was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest round about. And also concerning Micaiah, the mother of Asa the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove. And Asa cut down her idol and stamped it and burnt it at the brook Kidron. But the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. And he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated silver and golden vessels. And there was no more war unto the five and thirtieth year of the reign of Asa. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of his own infallible and inerrant word. Now, my motto text for Carrie Duff FPC for 2021 is taken from 2 Chronicles chapter 15 and verse 7. It reads as follows, Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. And my theme for the year is entitled, Strength for the Service of the Lord. So you can't say you don't know what the motto text is, Second Chronicles 15 verse 7, and here's the theme for the year, Strength for the Service of the Lord. Now, these words form a part of the concluding sermon preached to King Asa by the prophet Azariah. King Asa was king of the southern kingdom, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin. He was now in the 15th year of his reign. He had just returned from a great victory over the Ethiopians. And from the time of his coronation as king over Judah and Benjamin, he had shown himself to be a God-fearing man, a man who loved the Lord, a man who sought to do what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 14 and verse 3. It says there, verse 2, And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord as God, for he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves. This man instructed and ordered Judah to seek the Lord and to fulfill the duties and requirements of the law of God. The main towns and cities were purged from idolatry. And he set about fortifying these cities with walls and gates and towers. And here he is 15 years on. And after a very notable victory over the Ethiopians, and you can read about that in Second um, Chronicles 14 verse 9, it says, And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with an host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots and came unto um, Marisha. Then Asa went out against them and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephatha uh, of Marisha. And Asa cried unto the Lord as God and said, Lord, it's nothing to thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest in thee and in thy name do we go against this multitude, O Lord our God. Let no man prevail against thee. And we read in verse 12, So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. Here's the result of Asa's humility 
and dependence on the Lord. And it was after this victory on his return home that the Bible records the appearance of a man called Azariah. Now, we know nothing about Azariah before this. We know nothing about Azariah after this. This is all we know. This is all the Holy Ghost has recorded in the Bible. But what we know is this. Azariah was one of the Lord's men. He was sent to meet the king. Azariah had a message from God personally for the king. And that message was proclaimed under the power and unction of the Holy Spirit. The message was clear, it was plain, it was tailor-made, it was bang on target. It wasn't a, a long sermon. Most likely the sermon's condensed uh, for the historical record by the Spirit of God. But that sermon is found in chapter 15 of Second Chronicles, verses 2 to 7. And Ahaziah is faithful in delivering God's message. Can you picture this man sent from God? A man full of the Holy Ghost. A man who is faithfully preaching God's message under the unction and power of the Spirit. A, a, a man who hits the nail in the head. Can, can you think of the impact of these words in verse 2? Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he'll be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Asa is reminded here of the spiritual conditions prevailing in the land, verses 3 to 6. And then you've got this climax in verse 7. And I believe this is a word of immense encouragement for Asa. And notice the focus is on strength. And it has to do with strength to do the work of the Lord. Strength to carry on the work of reform that he's already doing. Now, in 2021, is a new year for us. A year that is invested with much or loads of expectation. A year that expects that there will be a removing of the troubles of 2020 in particular. A year that's going to be different. A year that will be better. A year that will be more pleasant than the one that has just gone out into history. And I was thinking, Lord, what do I need in 2021? Lord, what do we need in Carrie Duff as your people in 2021? And the answer came to me, and it was this. We need strength to do the work of the Lord. We need strength to carry on. Strength so that we don't quit. Strength so that we don't give up. Yes, we're going to face seemingly insurmountable challenges. Yes, there'll be times of trial and times of trouble. Yes, we'll still have many problems. But what do we need? Well, we need strength to carry on. We need strength to carry on with our heart committed to the Lord and to his cause. Strength so that we don't quit. Strength so that we don't sink and lose heart. How can we maintain our fire for the things of God and for the work of the Lord? Well, here's the answer. We need strength. And that's what the Lord is saying to Asa in verse 7. See, Asa started out well. Asa about spiritual reforms. There was a period of renewal and a period of reformation or a period of revival in the southern kingdom. God's blessing on him was evident. It says, the Lord is with you. 
Think of that. The Lord was with him. But later on, he forgot about the Lord. He forsook the Lord. His heart was not right or perfect in every area. And he incurred the Lord's chastisement and discipline. In other words, he let his fire go out. And to me, that's one of the central lessons for Asa. Don't let the spiritual fire go out. Because the fire will go out if it's left unattended. And that's true literally. But that's also true spiritually. And the fire in our souls for the work of God and the cause of Christ will go out if we lose the strength of the Lord. And if the fire in the heart and soul for the Lord goes out, then our life will be affected and our others in our families will be affected. And we need to take counsel here. We need to heed the word of the Lord. We need strength to live for the Lord. We need strength to serve the Lord in 2021. So this is a text for us individually and collectively. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. There's four things in the text here that come to mind. I want you to think of the source of this strength. Notice the words here, be ye strong. Now that's a command. And the structure of this command in the verb form is known as an imperfect in the Hebrew. It literally means, if I could put it this way, be made strong. The, the, um, there's an indication here that the action, be strong, is incomplete. It's not perfect. You're still imperfect in strength, Asa. There's still unfinished business to do. And what the prophet is saying here, this strength to live for and to serve the Lord, this strength to do the work of the Lord, is not something that's found in you naturally as a man. It's not something that's already inherent in you. This is a real spiritual strength that's implanted in you by the Lord. Be ye strong, be ye made strong. And who's the one that makes us strong? Well, it's none other than the Lord. And that's what the prophet Isaiah wanted um, Asa to understand. It's the Lord who makes us strong for himself. Remember the apostle Paul says in Philippians 4 verse 13, I can do all things. That was a big boast, wasn't it? How, Paul, could you do all things? That's impossible. And here's the answer. Through Christ which strengtheneth me. It's Paul thinking and knowing and understanding I need strength. And, and who's the one that strengthens me? I need to be strengthened by Christ. You see, the work of strengthening his people is the Lord's work. And oh, that we could grasp that. It's the Lord's work in the heart and life of every true born-again believer. Turn over there to the book of um, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 16. Here's the Apostle Paul, and he's in prayer for the Ephesian church. I've got a, a book that a lady within the congregation bought me for Christmas, and it's entitled Pray Big. And it's based on Paul's prayers for the church at Ephesus. And here's one of those big prayers. Notice verse 16, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be what? 
to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now here's this exhortation to be strong. And what I'm saying is it's a particular word. It has to do with strength. But the source of this strength is it's of the Lord. It's a personal word for Asa. Yes, he's addressing the king. Be ye. He's addressing him personally. Asa needs to realize and grasp afresh that his strength is in the Lord. That his strength is from the Lord as a gift. That, that his strength to do the work of the Lord is only by the Lord himself. And this receiving of strength is in itself a wonderful ministry wrought in us by the Spirit of God. It's, it's a strengthening ministry so that he can do his work and carry on and not to quit and, and, and not to give up. So it's a strengthening ministry that's uh, connected to encouragement so he can rise up and do something more for God. Now I want you to remember that Asa's in the 15th year of his reign. Look at verse 10, 2 Chronicles 15, verse 10. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. This man's already done great things for the Lord. Chapter 14, a summary of how he commenced his reign and the things that he did. He was a good man. He was a good example. He was a God-fearing man, a man who was committed to the cause of the Lord, a man who did that which was right and good in the sight of the Lord, a man that God approved of. A man that God helped in the past. A man that God was with. A, a man who was a king better than many other kings in the land of Judah or in the land of Israel. This man didn't appear to be weak. It wasn't proclaimed to a man who appeared weak. Yet this was the Lord's particular personal message from him. Asa. You need to be made strong. You've just had a great victory. But don't fill yourself up with pride. Don't, don't, don't become too big for your boots, Asa. Asa, you be a man going on with the Lord. You, you be a man standing for Christ. Not a backslider. A worker for God, a warrior, a worshiper, a witnesser, doing what was right and good in the eyes of the Lord. Yet this man was personally addressed, be ye strong. He was particularly addressed, be ye made strong. And what do we need this year? We need to be made strong for the Lord. We're going to face challenges. We're going to face trials and troubles. We're going to face changes. There'll be difficulties. There's duties to perform. And what do we need from the Lord? We need to, to be made strong. Here's the source of this strength. If there's going to be strength for the service of the Lord, then we need to be made strong for that. That's the point. Notice secondly and quickly, the specifics of this strength. I was thinking... Be ye strong. In what way could Asa be made strong? In what areas, in what specific areas could he be made strong? And in what area could you and I be strengthened in 2021? Could we not be strengthened in our love for Jesus Christ? Are we not commanded to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength? 
in the Scriptures? Is that not the first and greatest commandment to, to love the Lord? Does the Bible not exhort us to keep yourselves in the love of God? Is this not an area of weakness? Whenever Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus, he, he was praying about them being um, strengthened and, and encouraged and helped uh, to, to, to be gripped with the love of God. And yet that was the very area that they failed in. If you read Revelation chapter 2 and the message of Christ to the church at Ephesus, they had left their first love after 40 years. And that's a danger for the child of God. That's a danger for the church. So here's an area in which we would need to be strengthened, our love for Christ. And what about the scriptures of truth? The psalmist said, oh, how I love thy law. Do we have a high view of the scriptures or we have a low view of the scriptures? Can we take our leave at the word of God? Do, do we read the scriptures daily? What about in our love for the place of prayer? Paul bowed the knee before the Lord in absolute humility and total dependence on the Lord. What about in our love for the house of God, the day of God, delighting in the Sabbath, in our love for the work of God? Do, do we make the work of God a priority? Like, like Isaiah, we hear the call and we say, Here am I, Lord, send me. What about in our love for the things of God? David said, is there not a cause? You see, these are days of coldness and days of indifference. And these are just some areas in which we need to be strengthened in relation to the things of God. Turn over there to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 14, or sorry, 4, and look with me at verse 20. It says of Abraham, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. The Apostle Paul is holding up Abraham as an illustration, an illustration of true justifying faith. Abraham was able to stand firm and say, I believe God. He was strong in faith. Yes, at times he was clouded with doubt. At times his heart and life was ruled with fear. He thought it was not going to happen. There was a time when Abraham wanted to adopt his servant, Eliezer. There was another time when he engaged the, the, the surrogate, Hagar. And as a result of that, Ishmael was born. He thought there's no way that God means this to be fulfilled literally and historically. He, he thought, I'm past age for childbearing. So is Sarah. This idea that we're going to have a son, a real, literal, historical son, it's not going to happen. And yet what God had said came to pass. That son, that natural heir, Isaac, was to be the line or the genealogy that would eventually bring Messiah into the world. Messiah that would provide a real justifying righteousness. And, and in the process of time, uh, Abraham was made strong. He was made strong in faith. In fact, if you go back and look at that reference, it, it, it says there, um, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Um, it says in verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. Strong in faith. His feet was made strong to stand on those promises. And God's people today must be strong in faith. That's true objectively. 
That, that's true subjectively. We, we live in an era and a time when many people don't know what to believe. We can say, at least in FPC, we know in whom we have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. We, we know something about the person of God. We know something about the personal work of Jesus Christ. We know something about the Bible, about heaven and hell, about living out the Christian life. And yet the reality is that many people, despite all this knowledge that's abroad in Northern Ireland, are not strong in faith. Is there not a great falling away? Is there not a great departure from the faith? You think of the fundamentals of the faith. Eternal sonship of Christ, the incarnation, the virgin birth, the sinless life, the atoning death, the bodily uh, uh, resurrection of Christ, his ascension, his, his life of intercession, his, his, his second coming. These are all doctrinal truths that are fundamental and foundational uh, to the gospel. And yet there's a great decline in the knowledge of these things. Why? Because the love of many have waxed cold. Matthew 24 and 12. And, and, and our faith has been attacked in every side. And we're being laughed at and ridiculed and, 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 and rejected in many quarters. And, 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 and science has been placed supreme over the scriptures. And what do we need? We need to be made strong in faith. And I want you to notice this being made strong is connected to the Spirit of God. Because here's Asa and this prophet Azariah comes and he's unctionized by the Spirit of God to speak this word. You see, the man of faith, he accepts, he believes, he embraces all that God says. It's not a blind faith. It's not just faith in itself. It's not, I've got my faith. It's, it's faith in God. The Bible says, have faith in God. Because God has spoken. And it's connected to the Spirit of God. And we believe what God says in his book. Feet made strong to stand. Abraham was strong in faith. He stood in the promises. Will you stand in the promises this year and be made strong in faith? Know not only what you believe, but in whom you have believed. Turn over there to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse, it says in verse 8. Behold, I have made thy face strong against their faces, and thy forehead strong against their foreheads. You see, here's the Lord's call to Ezekiel. The Lord's calling upon him to be a man who's resilient, a man who's dependent, a man whose countenance will not be changed or turned or tamed, even despite the stout-hearted faces of those to whom he's ministering. His face was made strong to shine for God in an evil day of a day of apostasy and turning away. Do we not read also in Luke 9 verse 51 that the Lord Jesus steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem? You see, he wouldn't be deflected from it. He wouldn't be hindered. He, he wouldn't be deterred. He set his face to go. And, and that's what we need. We, we need our, our faces strong, set, determined, refusing to be hindered in relation to the cause of God and his work. It's a spirit of determination as well as a, a spirit of dependence. Turn over there to Genesis. In Genesis chapter 49 and verse 24, we read these words. But his bow abode in strength. The arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Now, these words were addressed to Joseph. 
They were addressed to Joseph by his dying father, Jacob. Think of Jacob on his deathbed. He gathers his 12 sons around him, almost in a horseshoe shape. And verse 24 is addressed particularly to Joseph. He had said in the context, the archer shot at thee. In other words, I know all about the painful experiences of the past. I know what your brothers did. I know their cruelty, their lies, their jealousy, their envy, their pride. Remember the brothers came and told him that a wild beast had attacked Joseph and probably killed him and they showed him the coat with the evidence of the blood on it, but it was the blood of a wild beast. Remember they sold him as a slave uh, to the Midianites. He went down into Egypt. He was bought by Potiphar. And remember Potiphar's wife and, and the lies that she told about Joseph and the 13 years of imprisonment. And how did he cope? How did he cope in prison? Was it easy for him? It says the Lord was with him, but was that easy? The answer is no. Do you know that the Bible tells us that the very iron that uh, was around his legs and around his arms, that that came into his soul? If if you look at Psalm 105, it says there in verse 18, uh, an amazing statement about Joseph. Psalm 105 and verse 18. This is what the word of God says about Joseph. Whose feet they hurt with irons whose feet they hurt with fetters. He was led in irons until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. You see, Joseph discovered that it was God's will for him for those 13 years of imprisonment. That was the Lord's pathway for his feet. And yes, the Lord was with him. But remember, he's in the path of God's will. And that path included the hurt and pain that was caused by his own brothers. And what brought him through that period was this. A period of treachery, lies, being in prison for those length of times, being forgotten. How did he endure? The Lord was with him. But how did the Lord be with him? The Lord came alongside and took hold of Joseph's arms and transmitted his strength to Joseph. In other words, he imparted strength, he implanted strength to Joseph. That's why Moses could say, the eternal God is thy refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. Joseph was held and kept strong by the mighty arms of the Lord. It was the Lord that brought him through. And the Lord will bring you through your bitter trials and your hard affliction. And left to himself, Joseph would have been crushed and smashed. But the Lord strengthened him. And the Lord can strengthen every true believer. And if you're going to face trials and troubles this year, and you want to quit, and you find it hard and difficult, and you can't see the Lord, and you don't know the Lord is with you, and and I want you to be aware that, that Joseph ended up saying that ye meant it for evil, but the Lord meant it for good because the Lord was at work. The Lord was overruling. And, and, and there was a supply of strength for his arms. There was a a supply of strength for his face. There was a supply of strength for his feet to stand in the word of God. That's the specifics of strength. Very quickly, think about the supply of strength. If you go back to our text, what does it say there? It it makes it abundantly clean. Um, Second Chronicles, and in verse uh, 15 and verse 7, uh, what do we read? Well, we read this. Um, Be ye strong, therefore, And let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. Think about the supply of strength. Why? I want you to think of this. The state of the country. 
verses 3 to 6. There's nothing in the land that's encouraging him to love the Lord. If you look at the context here, it says, Now for a long season Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. Verse 3. Do you see that there? There's the state of the country. The country was godless. Israel was without the true God. Without the, the sovereignty of his person being paramount, without the sovereignty of his presence and power. There was no faithful priest, a teaching priest. What does that mean? There was no sacrifice. There was no shed blood on the altar. There was no one to offer intercession for them. A sacrificing priest, a teaching priest was gone. And, and, and it says, and without law. In other words, there was lawless. And that was for more than 30 years, a whole generation. The country in a state of apostasy. The country um, uh, not living right before the Lord. For a long season. Can you get the picture? 30 years of being godless. 30 years without the blood sacrifice being uh, uh, manifest. 30 years without the law. There's lawlessness. And everybody's doing that which is right in their own land. A country without the mercy of God. A, a country without the, the ministry of God. A, a country without the message of God. And the whole country was affected. The men, the women, the children. So much so that there was those who would not venture out. Isn't that what he says in verse 5? And in those times there was no peace to him that went out nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the country. Well, what does that mean? It meant this. There was horrible tragedies taking place. Children were abducted in the street when they went out to play. Mothers were taken and never seen again. Same of the boys. Fathers were robbed and murdered. This was a sad state of affairs. You think of that. Here's the supply of strength. The word therefore means in light of this. Here's why you need this, Asa. Think of the state of the church. Asa was in danger. Asa was affected. And the danger was of letting go all that he had. The nation was influencing him against standing strong for the Lord, being strong in faith, having a strong faith for God, having a strong face for God, having strong arms for God. In fact, the, the, the addition was added, and let not your hands be weak. Weak hands. You might as well let it all slip. The impact and influence of life in the country is, is intimidating to the child of God. There's a process going on, weakening the hands of God's people. Isn't that what they did in Ezra? In, in Ezra chapter 4 and verse 4, they, they weakened the hands of the workers. So much so that in Ezra 4 and 24, the work stopped, weakening the hands and then the work ceases. That's what the devil's about. That's what the world's about. Here's the result of this campaign. Not only to weaken the hands, but to stop the work. So that the people have no strength to continue. The people have no resolve. And what's Asa being told? Don't presume. You won't be any different. Yes, there'll be discouragements. Yes, there'll be difficulties. But don't let go. Don't let things slip. Because if you let go, if you become among those that are without strength to carry on, then, then the work will stop altogether. 
Isn't that true of Nehemiah? Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 9. Nehemiah talked about the people around about Jerusalem making us afraid. Intimidating us in the rebuilding program. You see, that's the devil's weapons, folks. To weaken the hand so that God's people don't do anything for the Lord. And we need to pray, Lord, strengthen my hands. Make me strong in faith. Lord, make my face to shine even against those that would intimidate me and speak evil of the things of God. Strengthen our hands, Lord, to do your work. The children's work here. The Sunday school work. The youth work. The prayer meeting. The Sunday services. The outreach. The the personal witness. We need to pray, Lord, strengthen my hands in this evil day. The state of the country can impact and, 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 and so influence the state of the church so that the church becomes intimidated and, and, and does nothing and stays silent and, and, and the work stops. So there's not only the source of this strength and not only the specifics of this strength, but there's the supply of strength. Be ye strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak. Notice the success of this strength as we close. He says... And your work shall be rewarded. In other words, I want you to recognize something, Asa. There's a reward for your work. A reward for faithful service. Your work will not be in vain. Because your work is really the Lord's work. Think of the promise here. Verse 2. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if ye seek him, he'll be found of you. You know, if we seek the Lord in 2021... He'll be found of us. It's not a tremendous encouragement. Finding the Lord. Rediscovering his presence and his power. Oh surely his presence and power has not been seen for a long time. It hasn't been known. It hasn't been appreciated. It hasn't been apprehended. But the work will be rewarded if we seek him faithfully. Seek him with all our heart. Notice also here in verse 4, and when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel, they sought him, and he was found in them. Here's an illustration of the past. And we were thinking about revival in the past, and that's what happened in we Northern Ireland three times. God poured out his spirit. Why? Because there were those who set themselves to seek the Lord, and they were found of him. And their blessing brought about a tremendous blessing in the country. Notice verse 15. It says, And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart, and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. Think of the three references of the word found here. You've got the Lord's promise. You've got the Lord's provision in the past. But then you've got the Lord's person, the Lord's presence. And and how did that come about? You see, it was bang up to date. Asa rededicated himself to the Lord. And so did all Judah and all Benjamin and all those that came out of the other tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh that stood with him, that that knew God was with him. And they gave themselves wholeheartedly to the Lord. And they gave their time to the Lord. Notice something else. They they gave the tithe to the Lord. Isn't that what he says? He says there in verse um, 18, and he brought into the house of God the things that his father had dedicated and that he himself had dedicated, silver and golden vessels. When did he dedicate them? In the first year of his reign. And this is now the 15th year 
of his reign. He was only bringing it about now. Bringing it in now. Why? Because he had heard this word from God about strength for the service. And it says, and when Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Obed the prophet, he took courage. And I want you to take courage this year because here's the success of strength. We've got the Lord's promise. He'll be found of us if we seek him. We've got the Lord's provision in the past. This is what he did do. And we can look back to the past and say, thank you, Lord. We can learn from that. And we can think about the Lord's person in the present. We'll still be found of him if we are faithful. If we obey the Lord and do the things that the Lord wants us to do. There's so much here. My time is gone. I'm only scratching the surface. But here's this motto text for our church. A motto text for me. Be ye strong therefore. And let not your hands be weak. For your work shall be rewarded. I want you to go out of this church. And if I wrap it up into a little Christmas present. And put a bow on it so you can carry it out with you. I want you to think of the source of the strength. And go out saying Lord I need to be made strong. Make me strong. And I want you to think of the specifics. These various areas that I have mentioned. Not only love to God, but in all the outworking of that, but strong in faith. Strong that your, your faith shines as a witness for the Lord. Strong because your arms are made strong for the, the, the mighty God of Jacob. And I want you to think of this supply. Why do you need this? Because the state of the country is going to impact on the life and witness of the church. And the health of the church is affected by the state of the country. And it's the health of the church that will revive the country. And oh, that we could rediscover that. And think about this success. My work will be rewarded. Because there's strength from the Lord. The Lord bless you this morning. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening.